are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 329 and 330 of reading the Bible in a year. We are uh, in the end of November. Yes. And we are finishing two books today. Mm. Pretty exciting. In our Old Testament and our New Testament. So let's get into it. Yeah. Let's what do, do we this. got for the OT today, Matt? Our Old Testament readings for today are Ezekiel chapters 47 through 48 and Daniel chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 23. Woo! Okay. Wow. Finishing Ezekiel is... Wowie, wow. I have to say there's a plot twist. There's... You wouldn't expect it. Going into Ezekiel, I guess you kind of would because he goes to the real glory of God, the throne room of God Mm -hmm. at the very beginning. Ezekiel saw the wheels and all that. Yes. So it sets you up, but you're so shocked at that point after Jeremiah that you're really sad for Mm -hmm. the choices that the nation of God, the people of God have made over the last millennia. And so... um, you just don't know what to expect, and it is glorious. Mm-hmm. So Ezekiel has gone through everything. He's been the faithful. Remember, he's the guy who was uh, laying on his side, eating the bread of exile, cooked over uh, animal excrement. He's the guy who wasn't allowed to mourn while his wife died. He's the guy who uh, <sighs> suffered greatly yes. for carrying the word of the Lord to a place and time when everyone had just given up hope. They'd been exiled. He's the guy who delivered the message that the temple, everybody's looking to save them, and all the false prophets had been building up, was completely in rubble. He is the bearer of bad news uh, for those who don't have ears to hear the good news, Mm because he's constantly saying, look, the judgment of God is completely avoidable. We need to repent and hold on. I know the plans I have for you, plans to rebuild you, but you're going to be here in Babylon for 70 years. So settle in. Bless the people. I know the plans I have. And we're going to see the beginnings of that plan in Daniel. But oh man, yeah. Ezekiel gets kind of, I think in God's grace, he gives them at the end here some beautiful pictures. Like yeah. even, to, even as a gift for Ezekiel, though he's, he's not the prophet who saw it in half. We think that was Isaiah. That was Isaiah. Yeah. But he's definitely, he does not see the fruition no. of his faith. But he gets to see it on a heavenly level. And we get to see it because of his faithfulness to write it down, uh, even though no one wants to hear it. And it seems absurd to the original audience. It seems beautiful to Ezekiel because he saw it mm-hmm. in a vision. So here we are, the last two chapters of Ezekiel, 47, 48. And it ends with, I want you to look at the temple again. Yeah. And this is where I feel like Ezekiel's using Old Testament covenant language, mm-hmm. but it's a totally new twist on the temple. Yes. And the new twist is water. Yes. So Water, again, water. Okay, okay. So uh, a couple things are connecting right now. Yes. So, Go. okay, he's been given this grand tour of the temple. We've seen how it's been made clean. God's presence has filled it. And in all the, the gates are measured. People the, have yes. know the way in. Now. Everything's in. The One of the gates is closed because the Lord himself has entered through that gate and it's holy and set apart to him. And uh, before, in, in past times with the temple, it wouldn't be unusual to see something flowing out of the temple, but it would be blood. Yes. Because there were times during like the festivals and everything where they would sacrifice so many animals that blood would just pool and run out. And that's a good note. Of the sanctuary. Because we can't even imagine that. Like, yes. 
the system, there's like little gutters for mm-hmm. pounds and pounds and gallons and gallons of blood to just flow out of flow the temple. Out. So, so the temple's a place of like death mm-hmm. for purity's sake. Yes. And so he sh- goes to the entrance of the altar. The man, the bronze man, takes him to the entrance of the altar. And instead of blood running out from the altar, there's water. And, dude, and water, if you've ever read Huck Finn, the river equals life. Yes. Water is always life in every culture, every place. Even right now, uh, in 2018, California has tons of fires. Mm-hmm. Water is life. Right. We need water to fall on the earth for obvious reasons. I mean, we figured out irrigation and such things, but we need water. And if you built a city by water, if water is flowing from you around a spring, you're going to make it. You're going to survive this cruel, harsh, sin-cursed world. Mm-hmm. And so now the temple, the new temple that's being rebuilt because of Christ, because of God's plan, instead of judgment flowing out from the temple to all nations mm-hmm. and to all people, and then unless you go in there and shed some blood, it's, it's the waters life. of baptism. Yes. It's judgment turns to salvation for mm-hmm. people who are in the ark. But this is now flowing from the temple. You see God's ultimate plan is couldn't be more clearly stated here the temple my people where i dwell is intended to be streams of living water all over the earth it starts ankle deep it starts as like a tiny trickle trickle coming out from the and then as it goes unlike other things which would other streams of water which start off big and then trickle off this trickles and then grows and grows and grows one of the cool little notes is that it exits through the east gate, through the yeah. path that God came in. Yeah. And so that's the gate it goes out. He paved the way for this water, water to yes. get to all the earth. Yes. And so it goes out and it just keeps growing. And uh, the bronze man and Ezekiel keep measuring it. And it, it just gets deeper and deeper until Ezekiel can't even be in it anymore because it's too deep Yes, for him to swim it's in. It's a new flood. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Exciting. It keeps going. And there's this awesome little statement where it says um, it finally hits the sea and turns the salt water into fresh water. I know. You know what sea it's hitting? The, uh, the salt? The Dead Sea. Dead Sea, yeah. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea that was made a Dead Sea because of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Crazy connection. That's a good find. I forgot about that. So... Now, the judgment of God is being reversed, and the death that was caused is now being brought back to life, and the Dead Sea is becoming a fresh water in this vision as it's going out, and along the shore of the Dead Sea are all these trees bursting with fruit that will never spoil, and leaves that are meant to heal. and well, The healing of the nations. The and healing of the nations. So when you come to Ezekiel, realize, oh yeah, it's all about the end times, not about figuring out times and dates and all that but what should be much better news than knowing the date when bad stuff's gonna happen Mm -hmm. the better news is that this is your future people yes this is the story we're a part of is that all of our dreams about justice and mercy and feeding the poor and changing all this evil Mm fresh water is going to be available to all and it's the spirit of god flowing from his temple through his disobedient sad people 
recreated, brought back to life by the preaching of the word of God. And then Christ is this temple. Mm -hmm. And then we are this temple. We are little carriers of springs of life, of water, which can turn the Dead Sea into a living sea. Ah, It's so beautiful. I mean, you can't, it almost brings you to tears because this is better than you can imagine. When you're in exile and your temple is in ruins and your people are decimated and you're slaves, this is like better than good news. Like news of, hey guys, we're going to work really hard and get back there is not as good as this. This is the ultimate end game. Yeah. So I got surprisingly emotional um, when reading. So as you move into uh, the end of 47 and 48, uh, he starts to reallot the land. Yes. And I never, you know, uh, this part you always skim over and you're like, okay, okay, okay. But being with the story, being with the people, Right now, he's primarily speaking to Judeans, mm-hmm. some Levites, and a handful of Benjamites, mm-hmm. and maybe some intermixed Simeonites, but that's it. That's who he's talking to. All the other tribes have been taken away, carried off, dispersed, and are unrecognizable at, even at this point. They're gone. And it starts off where God's like, I'm going to reallot the land of promise. And unlike before, where it was given portions on their size, Mm -hmm. it's now equally proportionate. And then he starts off by uh, naming Dan. Like he starts off with all these these little tribes. Dan was the smallest tribe. Dan never established. Dan was one city at the, like they had one city. Right. And Dan gets this amazing border. And all of a sudden, like, I start getting emotional because I'm realizing, like, all the lost children are being found mm-hmm. and being given a, a, an inheritance better than they could imagine, better than they deserved. Mm-hmm. And it's now being portioned out. And he starts listing all of the kids. That's, yes. that's what I see. I start seeing he's listing all his kids. Ruben's all his in lost there. kids. I mean, come on. And they all, like, and then there's, like, this moment... Because Judah is sandwiched. Judah and the Levites are sandwiched in between everyone, which is important because right now they're, like, getting prominence because they're the ones that are still kind of around. Yeah. And, and they, but they paused there for a second. I was like, wait, wait, there's still, like, six other tribes that they haven't mentioned yet. Are they going to get mentioned? And then you keep reading, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, Zebulon, Naphtali, Asher, yeah. they're all getting mentioned. This is amazing. Yeah. The whole tribe is coming back. All the kids are coming back. And their allotment is all the same size. Yes. This it's time, all equal. And there's no allotments on the east side of the Jordan this Mm-mm. time. There's no hedging your bets. Dude, it was emotional because what I see is from the temple being purified by God himself, mm-hmm. instead of blood now, they're being baptized and washed and coming through the waters of judgment, coming through the waters of the flood, through the waters of the Red Sea, through the waters of the Jordan into a land, but it is going to be all of God's work and it is all of God's grace. And uh, even though through disobedience and failure, many of these tribes, they dissolved way before. Yeah. Uh, even uh, being exiled, mm-hmm. God restores because it's God's world. And he gives an inheritance. It's the year of Jubilee, man. Yeah. There's a year where everything is reset to what I gave you. You mm-hmm. made a mess of it, but I will reset it. And this is the gospel. And then I love it because at the end, he goes, the temple, the water, the land. You know what God's whole deal is? Name it, the Lord is there. I want you to know, people, where God is. Mm -hmm. Because God is life. God is water. 
God is salvation. And it's going to water the earth. I, I know I didn't want to go this long on this, but it's so good. I had the thought while you were talking about Jesus when he says, you're my friends. Mm-hmm. You know the plan now. Mm-hmm. You're no longer servants in this. And here's the plan. I'm saving my inheritance, which is the whole earth, yeah. and I'm cleansing it through the waters of baptism. We cleaned out the back of, um, we made a huge mess, <laughs> building all sorts of stuff in the back of our warehouse at our church. And it was covered in insulation. We had to blow this insulation. And we spent a, a, a solid day of cleaning. And I had the thought today, when you're cleaning a giant mess, you're sweeping up, you're, suck, you're getting rid of all the filth. Mm-hmm. But we made a lot of decisions on things. We said, this no longer has use. It's, we got to throw it out. We got to purge all the junk we've accumulated, make decisions on what's useful and not useful. Right. And I was thinking, that's like what God's doing from the temple. He's cleansing, and all who say, hey, I believe in you, Jesus, oh, then we definitely want to keep you. We're cleansing and keeping you. So like the day of judgment is a day of salvation for us. Mm-hmm. You know the plan. Mm-hmm. You're my friends. And that's where at the end of it all, it's like extreme hope. He also throws in a line. Again, I think we already talked about it. It's a new Israel. That's us now. It's going to be people by faith yeah. whose hearts have been made of flesh, who have been cleansed. By the forgiveness of God, we'll get new hearts, we'll get a new Israel, a new temple, a new people, a new land. The one last thing I wanted to mention yeah. was this is hard the, not to talk about the the gates. Yeah. And so each gate is assigned uh, to three tribes, which was a picture of what God set up uh, when they were wandering through the desert and they were supposed to carry the tabernacle yes. and the marching order. They were each each three tribes had a position around the tabernacle. And I just, seeing this restated, and they're slightly rearranged. And the idea, though, that God wants to be surrounded by his kids. Yeah, yeah, he's in the middle. And, he's and the, he's these the gates father, mother. are named after you, so you have full access to right. me all the time because the gates carry your name. And this water spirit says gives you adoption mm-hmm. as children who can go Abba Father, Daddy. And you can walk anytime. through the gates. And that's what's so amazing is Oof. is that in the New Testament you see all these things that sound like law, like you're supposed mm-hmm. to live like this. He's mm-hmm. saying that God is in you now. You mm-hmm. carry this. You come to me anytime. So order it like you would the temple, like you would your house at Christmas. You right. put up decoration. Like order your life as if it's true. God is there. All God right. is there. Oh, All right, Ezekiel. Thanks, Ezekiel. Man, wow. I, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. I heard a, a preacher say talk about guys who suffered in the Bible, and he said uh, Job, and uh, he had one other person about suffering because there's a few people who suffered. And through since we've been reading all this, I'm like, oh no, no, Pastor, yeah. you need to you need to throw in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel. and all the minor prophets. No one really got out easy. <laughs> The Lord is there. That's yeah. the success and oh, the beauty man. and the joy. And that's the same for us. Let's, okay, so now we get to flashback, right? So, yes, now like, we get a, a flashback and a different angle Yeah. of the story. Okay, so the overarching theme, in case we don't hit it, for me with Daniel, it reminded me of Elijah. It was Elijah who, after the Jezebel scene, he runs away the yes, desert, and yes. it's our verse, right? Yes. Fed by ravens. Yes. And he's like, oh, God, I'm the only prophet. And God says, I have 7,000 mm-hmm. prophets scattered. Don't worry about that. You're not the only guy, yeah. and I love you. Daniel reminds us that God is at work 
outside everywhere. of yeah like so although the leadership and the priesthood and everything is totally wicked god has his people yes and you will you might feel alone and isolated like you're the only one that believes these things you're the only one that cares and you need to be reminded god is at work like he is at work in you he has countless others around the earth mm-hmm uh, because it's in his inheritance, it's his children, and he is tenaciously pursuing us. Okay. Okay. So, just as a, a reminder, um, when Nebuchadnezzar first took the throne, yes, he went on a world tour mm-hmm. of establishing his dominance. Of course. And he uh, first one of the early stops was uh, Jerusalem, and he quickly sieged it, overthrew it, and exiled the best of the best. So Ezekiel was part of that exile. He's off in a little side camp, um, and that's where he's been. But Daniel and uh, three of his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then Daniel's name, new name is Belteshazzar. Yes. Uh, They are selected as, they were like uh, Judean royalty. And so they were selected as these are the best men that Judah has to offer. Best and the brightest. And we're going to incorporate them into the uh, group of wise men, counselors for Nebuchadnezzar. And wise men, like we sing about Christmas, the Magi, mm-hmm. they're magicians. Yes. They are uh, enchanters. They're trying. They're messing all the time with the occult. Yes. Because they even state in our chapter today, they don't believe that God is with man. Mm-hmm. They believe God, all the gods are somewhere else, and it's up to us to figure out the mysteries and the yes. secret knowledge to manipulate the gods. So just set that up. That's what the Magi were when they came to Christ, yes. the baby. Yes. They were these kinds of guys. Um, but yeah. I think they're there and because of this Daniel. They're beca- there because, totally because of Daniel. And so Daniel and his friends are uh, put under a, a guy who's supposed to educate them, who's teach them, take care of them. And the first thing... That gets the first hurdle that they kind of have to get over is, um, oh, this food that your guys are having us eat kind of violate a lot of our laws. So how great is this, though? As a kid, it's like, why didn't they just eat the meat and drink the wine of mm-hmm. the king? They basically were getting the king's table. Yes. Because the king's like, feed them like me. I want the best and brightest mm-hmm. surrounding me. He already stole all the stuff from the temple. He's collecting everything great from everywhere else. Yes. And I realized as I was reading this, oh, they were, Daniel and his friends were going, you know what, I don't want to violate my, all the, the dietary regulations of my people. Mm-hmm. I don't eat these things. And I'm assuming if there were like any other culture, a lot of this meat was oh. sacrificed to their gods. That's where it's cooked. And so they're like, uh, yeah, we're not going to eat meat sacrificed to other gods, so you just give us veggies at this point. Veggies and water. The unit guy says, no, 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 I'm going to get in trouble for this when they mm-hmm. see you're weaker than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Daniel, though, is so wise. He's like, give us 10 days. Yeah, give us a trial period. And you know what? If we're not healthier than the other guys, then we'll, we'll eat what you guys serve us. And vegetables, there's no... There's nothing that prevents uh, God's people at this point from eating vegetables. Like right. there's no regulations against yeah. it. So they do the uh, the vegetarian diet, and I think it's it's not only healthy, but God is also with them. Oh, totally. And how cool is it? This guy has been taken away in exile, but Daniel and his young friends, they're like they don't quite get it in terms of, oh, we're done. Let's just give up, like everybody else. They are. 
the people of faith. Yeah. That's what we are. We should be going, ah, oh, just give up and go after mm-hmm. money with your life or go after pleasure. It's right. like, no, I'm going to hold on to this God thing. Yeah. And when you're where you're supposed to be, believing what you know you believe and holding tight to it, God shows up. Yeah. And he so shows up. They sh- the 10 days later, they're healthier than everyone else. And so the, the servant instantly is like, uh, everyone's on this diet now. Uh, there's clearly something to this. So uh, he's finding favor. I, I find it cool too that he's, Daniel and his friends are able to even like share their faith yeah, well, with well, that is, the promise in, in, in exile. Okay, so I have to wait till the end of chapter one. There's like a little golden nugget that just gets dropped as if it's meaningless. Well, let's do it. Right, we're at ch- the end of chapter uh, one. Okay, you're right. So he's wise. Daniel grows in wisdom and stature and all that stuff. It's pretty great. It reminds me of Jesus. It reminds me of Joseph. It reminds me of all these guys. But then it says something about he was there until Cyrus. Yes. So I... Daniel actually sees... The whole thing. The whole thing. I had to go back. So where we're at with Daniel... Because he's young. He's young, and this is the beginning of Mm -hmm. his exile. Mm -hmm. So he's going to last about circa 66 years. Yes. According to what I read. Yes. But this happens at the very beginning. But you have to understand history... Cyrus is going to be, spoiler alert, he's going to be the guy, but it's 66 years from now, which yeah. is funny because that's like the 70 years yep. you're going to be in Babylon. Yep. At the end of 70 years, the gospel has going to be like purified mm-hmm. and infect the Chaldeans and the Persians. Yep. And these were always more powerful in the world than Israel. This is like the yes. rest of the known world. Yes. And God's using Daniel. And his whole life, basically, is to be the king of Israel in exile mm-hmm. with no glory, no honor, no riches. Yeah, nothing. so, like, honestly, he ends up probably becoming the most powerful Judean person yeah. in all of uh, history. The, the history. Literally yes. history. You're going, whoa. And yeah. uh, it reminded me, though, of Joseph in Egypt. And guess what Joseph had, too, while at the beginning oh, of yeah, his yeah, career? yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a dream. Yes, it's very similar to Joseph. It's this is a very similar story arc to Joseph, uh, which, which if, I if, was fascinated if, by. Because I think because God's not trying to like trick us, so He'll mm-hmm. reuse something you already know. Yeah. Oh, you know the story of Joseph, right. and we are now in slavery in Egypt again. Right. So I'm going to do the same thing for you, Daniel. Yes. So when this, so what happens then is, like year two of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Everything's going great, but he's disturbed by this recurring dream. He can't sleep. He senses something's off. So you call your magicians and your enchanters, and he says, I need to know the truth. I know you guys always tell me what I want to hear. Right. I need more than parlor tricks right now. I need you guys to actually tell me what I'm dreaming about, and then I'll listen to what you guys think it means. And to me, that's him actually pursuing truth. Yeah. He's he's convinced. So, like... The, the idea here, too, is that God is actually giving the ruler of this nation real dreams. Like, he's yes. talking to him. And Nebuchadnezzar is disturbed by it and needs to know what's real. And so... But that's God's grace, too. Yeah. Like God cares about yeah. the nations. He told the bad mm-hmm. Egyptian pharaoh. He yeah, told he's this done this before. Nebuchadnezzar. Like, mm-hmm. that. God keeps his end. Yeah. He prepares everything for us to walk into because he cares for everybody. And so all the magicians and everything are like uh, we can't no one can do that That's only ridiculous. the gods can do yeah. that and the gods are distant and far from us and so Nebuchadnezzar's like okay gather all the wise men and kill them they're worthless yeah, to me yeah which I thought was kind of noble I was like you know what wow 
And so he's cleaning, he's draining the swamp. He's like, I don't want to hear any more of this stuff. So the ca- ca- the captain of the guard is going around gathering up all the wise men to kill them. He gathers up Daniel and his friends. And Daniel's like, hold on, what's going on? Why why is this happening? Oh, he needs a dream answered. Oh, well, give us some time. We can do that. So and I was thinking emotionally about it. And Daniel is either going to die yes. or he's going to go, hey, remember Joseph? Yeah. God can give us dreams. Or what do we have to lose? We're right. going to die either way. Right. So then they cry out to God. He's like, hey, he, what does he do? He, um, he starts a prayer meeting, basically, with his boys. Mm-hmm. They cry out to God. And then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, vision of, of the night. night. And then the be- we end today's reading with this beautiful prayer. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O oh God, my, my fathers, uh, of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and, now, and have now made known to me what we asked of you, you have made known to us the king's matter. I know. I mean, what do you have to lose when I know. you can either keep pursuing death and idols or you just know I'm going to die or God's going to save me? Right. So why not just cry out to God? Oh, Daniel, uh, this so good. such a good story. We have to stop. There's always more to be said. But in the end, the, one of the great messages for me is God is in control of the kings. Yeah. Totally. And whether you feel successful or look successful, your faith is what defines your success, especially in times of suffering and exile. All right. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Our New Testament passage for today is 1 Peter chapter 4 and chapter 5. Well, Matt, I want to try to cover 1 Peter in the five minutes we have left today. <laughs> We're probably best served just reading it. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Well, I mean, there's, again, he's kind of rehitting this idea of, okay, now that you guys are in, mm-hmm. now that you're baptized. Baptism now saves you, which yes. I understand because the temple pours forth water yeah. and it's judgment and salvation. And, and so awesome. look, look to that. Okay. So, again, we have to, we can't overemphasize this idea that you might suffer, yeah. if not will definitely suffer and you have to remember that jesus suffered and that this isn't a curse that this isn't god punishing you that this is you facing up against the realities of the brokenness of the world and they're going to lash out at you because of the life that you carry they're like zombies they're going to eat your brains i feel like peter got he wrote this too in light of ezekiel and the passages we just read i mean he's like I mean, he talks about the judgment, and for this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Mm-hmm. Like It's all about life now, and he talks about the end. When the end, it's like, don't try to figure it all out and, and manipulate and, and save yourself. You are already saved. Like, right. So he's saying, keep loving one another earnestly. Love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And he just talks about the grace you've received and and then the suffering, all these things. He says, you know, you got to, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I know. And I connected it, you know, Peter is an expert on humility. Yes. 
Peter yes. not only has the authority of an apostle, having witnessed the life and death and resurrection of Christ, but he is an authority on what it means to straight up denounce Christ. While Christ is like watching. Yeah. Like he denied Christ three times and then was received back. Like he mm-hmm. understands forgiveness and absolution. And he's like, this is what colors our life. Yes. And so keep yourself in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just gives some... Well, I, I do like the idea of... Um, he also reminds everyone, like, w- you're able to do this. You're able to love. You're able to speak to one another you're truth. Authorized. You're able to serve. Yes. You're able to do this um, because of the strength that God gives you. Yes. God gives you all of this. You don't have to produce it on your own. It is all given by God. And, and it is a, as though the idea for Peter and for us is you look back to your baptism and remember what mm-hmm. God has done. He saved you from that flood. Right. He drowned the old man, brought the new man to life, and then he says at the end, this is why we live humble lives mm-hmm. in all realms, trusting the Lord. But the great verse at the end is after he says, humble yourselves, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yes. Again, Peter knows that better than anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty anxious about denying Christ three times, and in any other business structure, I'm out. But we are in a grace structure then he says, be sober-minded, watchful. And he says, here's the deal. You are the temple of God now, and you have an adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. How? Firm in your faith. How? Knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. In other words, hold on. You have an enemy. You're going to walk through suffering, but you have a temple from whom water, from which water will cover the earth, producing fruit year-round and leaves for the healing of the nations. Wow. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. There's so much more to There's say. There's so much more but, to say, but, but Peter you know says what? it all. That's good. Yeah. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Boom. You have access to peace today. Yeah. Our psalm for today is going to be Psalm 133. Just find it. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Boom! You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.